0: Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbo. Alrighty. Today I want to talk about the reasons that I think there should be no such thing as a Catholic megachurch or mega parish. Now, I want to preface this by saying that this is not an attack on any individual person or any individual congregation um, or parish. I've attended uh, a very large Catholic parish, about 13, I want to say 13,000 people, maybe 10,000 people um, for most of my life. And I feel like I've Because of that, I've been able to experience a lot of the goods that can come from a a church of that size and also a lot of the negatives. First, I want to talk about the goods that can happen from a church of that size. Uh, Primarily, this would be the the ease for the priests. Um, You can have three priests ministering to 10,000 people. Um, whereas at many smaller, maybe rural parishes, you have one priest ministering to a thousand, so so you end up getting about three times the amount of people per priest, which, from say a, a business perspective and a practicality perspective, is good. But I would argue, from the perspective of the sacraments, this is a very undesirous situation, because what that means is that it's it's virtually impossible. For any of those priests to actually get to know their congregation as a whole, and that is a tragedy, I would argue. Now, I also want to preface this by saying that um, that there are many places in the Western world, but especially in the United States, where the priest shortage is felt uh, more acutely, where there, there just aren't many priests at all. There are many places in the United States where this is this is a um, major issue. And side note, this is why we need young men, um, and especially the parents of young men, to encourage their sons to discern the priesthood. It doesn't mean they have to go. Um, You know, I'm a clear example of that. I I took four years out of my life to discern the religious life and the priesthood, and I ended up in the married state. But we should be telling our children that, that they should at least give themselves that opportunity of, of real true discernment, not, not just discernment from afar, but active discernment. So, so I would argue entering upon, um, into a discernment house or, um, if, if you're able to enter into seminary, like right out of high school, a lot of dioceses don't do that anymore. Um, but if you are, that, that's a good idea. Um, if you're not allowed to do that and a lot of religious orders don't allow you to do that either. Um, Try to go to a Catholic college or or some college that offers a, a discernment house where you could live and, and pray and, and stay and live and, and live while while you're going through your college education. If you're not going to college after high school, which is becoming uh, more and more common because people are beginning to understand that that much of college is... Really, a waste of time and money. Um, that that I, I would encourage you to to see if there is a, a discernment house in your diocese, and if there's not, maybe consider joining a discernment house outside of your diocese. There there are a, a quite quite a a decent number of them throughout the United States. Um, I know at least my diocese right now we have one uh, women's discernment house, and they're trying to get uh, a men's discernment house up and running. So I think those are those are real viable options for people. Um, Let's see. So, so that, that that that's one of the the priest shortage is one of the main reasons why there are these Catholic mega parishes, mega churches that exist. So that there's there's not much we can do about the fact that they exist. Besides trying to get more priests, um, and I think it, it, it goes without saying that that many of the negatives of, of these megachurches is as I as I stated before that it makes it impossible, really, for the priest to to get to know his congregation, um, and it makes it impossible for the congregation to get to know their priest. Um, I think it also lends itself to to people putting the priest more on a pedestal because he's not known personally by most people. And, you know, that can always be a problem once you start putting your, your clergymen up on pedestals that they don't deserve to be on. Um, you know, that, that can create a spirit of, of kind of an unhealthy ultramontanism, which, you know, usually is a word that regards giving too much authority and honor to the Pope. Uh, which I think is also a concern, but in this case, it would be an ultramontanism as regards the parish priest Because people need to understand that, that their priests, while yes, they, they do need, of course, need to be respected for the sacrament of holy orders that they've been given and the fact that they're able to confect the Eucharistic sacrifice um, and obviously just their natural human dignity. But people need to understand and I think people are very quickly coming to this understanding, because of the sexual abuse crisis, which has been ongoing, that um, that, that priests are human, just like you and me. So, yeah. Um, another good fruit of these megachurches is that it allows people lots of opportunities for various types of programs, But I would also argue that programs are not always the best thing just because you can get 50 people together in a room to watch a video or hear a discussion, um, you know, those things can quickly become sort of insular if those people aren't ready to go out into the rest of the parish and try to to basically evangelize the rest of the parish. And boy, oh boy, do we need evangelization amongst our parishes. Uh, The amount of Catholics that just go to Mass just because is quite astounding, and we need people that are on fire. We need people that are on fire, and not to say that this, that that's necessarily a new problem. You know, it's just part of human nature that that people that go to churches, <laughs> uh, the, most of them aren't aren't usually very involved. And I think that's, from what I understand, that's almost always been the case, even in even in the Middle Ages. You know, when we had Christendom, you know, uh, that was that was still the case. So that that's something we're always but I do think the secular culture brings particular struggles in this regard that have not been brought before. So I'll offer some more thoughts later and we can continue this discussion. Oh, uh, real quick, real quick, please feel free to uh, subscribe to any of my podcasts on any of the podcast players. Find me on YouTube. Please subscribe. Like me on Facebook. Like the Catholicism Car channel on Facebook. Twitter. Instagram. We're all there. Catholicism Car. Find- and I also have a Patreon account if you wish to support what I do at this, at this podcast and this YouTube channel. And you can also support us on Anchor.fm. There's a support button there you click on. I also have links to all of this on my website's support page at www.atholicisminthecar.com.